how do you want me to address you? Do you want me to address you as Lizzie or? I yeah, Lizzie's think... totally fine. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, that's just one of those things because I, I go by psychotic and I actually do go by psychotic, but my real, and it's, I say that because it's not my given name is Eric. And so some people okay, are like, cool. I want to, don't want to call you psychotic because it feels weird. And yeah, it's like yeah, the pronouns sure. game. I just make sure I check that first. Yeah, no, totally. So this is the Closet of Nonsense. This is episode six of season three here. Um, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the podcast at all. I saw a little bit like on Spotify and it just seemed like, you know, you just kind of go on whatever it evolves into the conversation. Yeah, that's exactly it. Awesome. We, I love we it. Don't, we don't believe in censoring and we don't believe in having a theme. Awesome. <laughs> I love like it. The, like the two it. things are like, I want no theme because we want people to be completely open and right. part of that, the reason I originally thought of you, and I'll be honest with you, I thought about reaching out to you like a year ago. Okay. Because I actually listen to a lot of your music while I'm editing photos or while I'm oh, drawing. Oh, cool. That's yeah, awesome. it's really, really, it's 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 something that you can kind of immerse in. It, it sets a mood really well. There's certain TV shows oh, I can you. watch. There's some music I can listen to, things like that. But that's one of those things that I, I, I really thought about because you don't fit into a category yeah no you have all these different interests you have all these different things that you do so you're you're kind of perfect but I also was really nervous because the whole idea of being a uh, we're still very new as a, as a podcast yeah. we don't have a lot of following you don't have a lot of people when did you it's start kind of, we started two and a half three years ago like right before okay. COVID. And it was a group of friends. There were five of us that we're just ridiculous when we get in a group and say just mm -hmm. random shit to each other. And yeah. a couple of us just started recording it so we could send it to each other later as like it. we make memes out of each other, basically. Yeah. And then people started catching on like, dude, why don't you like make this available? Right. So while we don't have much social media and we don't have a lot of like following and people pushing for us, yeah. we've got thousands of listeners. Dude, that's sick. It's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah, I really dig right? it. And I'm I'm extremely grateful to all of our listeners and the people who, who get involved. And it's it's random because I'll get people from South Africa, Australia, yeah. Germany that are like, oh, it's I discovered this new musician because of this thing you put on your podcast. And it's like, yeah, that's why we do it. Yeah. So you know, you know what's funny though? So you said you've been you've been doing the podcast for like two, three years around around that time frame. Uh-huh. You've been doing it for longer than I've been doing music. Yeah. So, yeah, because I'm very, very new. <laughs> yeah, well, but, okay, to be fair, you did what a lot of people are scared to do. Didn't you just start recording in studios, like, this year? Oh, yeah, so I've only been to a studio once, and it was, like, a special treat. Like, a little, a little like, oh, my God, okay, you know, because I do it, like, right behind me. Yeah. Um, you can kind of see where I do everything, and I do it all myself, normally. But there was this one song and I was like, I know I'm going to want to like yell and scream and whatever vulgarity on it. And I was like, I don't want to wake up my poor neighbors. So I'm going to go book at a random studio and see what happens. And I happen to really, really like the experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, okay. So, but that's the point is you've been DIY and pushing mm -hmm. yourself and... Mm -hmm. I think that's where your success comes from in a huge way because your music is very, very listenable to, and I'm, 
I'm guilty of it. I, I am one of those people that when people say, oh, I listen to metal or I listen to industrial, I am one of those people like, oh, yeah, you think so, right? And when they say yeah, things yeah. like, yeah, I love Five Finger, or I, I'm like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and they if they listen to industrial and they, they list as far as like Nine Inch Nails or Manson, I'm like, yeah. no, you don't. No, you don't. Right. Like you, you, right. you don't know what it really is, and so it, I get, yeah. I get frustrated. But that's that's the music snob in me. I've been playing music my whole life, and awesome. so I, I do, I do have that. But you appeal to a lot of my friends, at least that that know who you are. It's because you meet that kind of goth, and everywhere from pastel goth and pixie goth, so like hard goth, yeah. yeah. So like even the dark wavers. But you oh, yeah. also have kind of that poppy metal side that a lot yeah. of people that listen to everything from In This Moment to Lady Gaga. Gaga, my favorite. So I'm a, like, I tweeted jokingly the other day that I am um, a Lana Del Rey and Gaga stand first and musician <laughs> second. That's that just one. like, it's literally me. But um, no, that's, I really, really appreciate you saying that. Like that. That is honestly so heartfelt, and I really, really appreciate that more than anything. And um, yeah, no, it's it's really funny because I'm on Cleopatra Records, yeah. legendary label. I'm so honored to be with them, but I feel sometimes so kind of funny walking into something because, I don't know, there's just so many different levels to what I do because it's like I'll kind of like ship post like any other 21-year-old on social media, but then you have this part of me that is working with, uh, with literally Cleopatra on so many cool things. And, um, not that they can't coexist naturally, but, um, it's about- it just feels like so multifaceted. And I, I don't want to say I appeal to, but like, I like to think that I appeal to people that are both like my age and who might resonate with stuff that they're like, wait, like, I've never really heard this before. What is this? or maybe a little bit younger than me, but then there are people who know more about Cleopatra. I know more about that part of it. And they're like, Oh, like, what's this girl doing? She came in through social media because yeah. I didn't know how to do like anything. So I just built my image. And then I was like, I'm going to build my image um, kind of relating and building upon what I want people to associate my own music with. And I did that when I was like 14 and I just kind of built from there because I already knew what I wanted to do. But I was like, I want to focus on eighth grade <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And um, when I was like, when I turn like 18, 19, hopefully I'll have some sort of form of following where I can release music and they'll like it. But I knew it was what I wanted to do already. So I think it worked out nicely. And I'm, again, I'm really thankful for like Cleopatra for taking a chance on me. Well, for one, you have a reputable label that tends to actually believe in the artists. That's rare yeah, in the music they industry. They do. Um, I'm notorious for talking shit about the music industry, even though I've been a part of it for 30 years. I do. Yeah. I I talk mad shit. Some of my best friends in music have been so fucked over by labels and management Facts. that I just I ugh, I get. I mean, I started a record label. Have you ever seen the movie Airheads? With Brendan Fraser, I know Brandon Fraser, it. Jimmy. Okay, it's one of those movies that I think every musician. There's there's a couple movies all musicians should watch, mm-hmm. and one is Airheads. The another is that thing you do, which is a Tom Hanks movie about a band in the in the sixties that discovered rock. It's a it's that okay. All musicians should watch that movie, and then obviously Almost Famous is another one. Everyone should watch that one just because I'm still waiting for. That's a fictional band that I'm still waiting for the album to come out. 
because they were that fucking good. Um, <laughs> but in in the thing that got me is in Airheads, Brendan Fraser's character gets a record label deal, thinks it's exactly what he wants, and he looks at it and he goes, "No, fuck this," and literally wipes his ass with his own offer. Right. And that resonated with me so hard when that movie came out in the late nineties, right. I was like, Oh my God. And I haven't literally done that, but the, the offers I've been made, I'm like, no, you want to take control of what I'm doing. Fuck you. Right. This yeah, is no. art. You want to tell right. me art should never be regulated. It shouldn't be forced. In that way. Oh, I have to make three albums in the next five years. I have to do this and this and this, according to what you're telling me to do. No, right. I don't play that game. I never have. And no, luckily I was in bands with people who agreed with me, who felt the same Good. way. That's pretty rare in itself too. So right. I started a record label in 2001 because I was so pissed off at the record mm -hmm. industry. And I've been laughed at. I've been told you're a joke, but I have the same distribution as Sony and everybody else. Mm -hmm. And it's, we're very DIY. And our big thing is we just lead people to making sure they can take care of themselves. Right. Yeah. I'm not worse. about, I mean, worse. I've never taken a dime from it. I've never tried to make money from it. Nobody who's been involved in the label has tried to make a profit. We're literally a bunch of artists trying to help artists. That's cool. And there are some labels out there that I'm like, okay, they're doing the right thing. Cleopatra's on a very short list. Yeah, for sure. No. For sure. No. I'm really, really thankful for them. And like yeah. how that came about, it was just so nonchalant. And I'm the kind of person I tend to get really, really detail focused. And like when they say take it day by day, I take it way, I take that way too literally. And I focus on little, little details so much to when I just overanalyze everything to where. I want things to work out in such a specific way to the point where they don't. But then as soon as I stop caring, something so wonderful and like just good that fits just happens. And I'm like, damn, I should really do that more often. I should, well, I should really step back and not care so much more often because as soon as I started doing that, dude, I was like in bed, super sick with like pneumonia or some like mystery ailment um earlier this year right around my birthday when I received a Twitter DM from them and they were like hey we would have reached out sooner we just like thought that you had a label slash team already and I was like dude no I have no one and thankfully my manager um his name is Jeremy Saffer he reached out like the same week or something around that time because him and I were friends we had shot before and he was like wait a minute you don't have a manager do you and I was like <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I a huge, really I'm a huge I'm a huge fan actually um, I, I've met the man once in passing while we were both shooting a concert I've been mm -hmm. following his career forever I, and, and actually Tara has been on this podcast oh my god that's awesome yeah. I love Tara she's, she's amazing, amazing. Uh, one of the I do that that woman inspires me every fucking day she's so sweet yeah she's, she's just so, one of those so, people so, she so just, the fact that she's so strong and so and pushes so hard like I I just admire the fuck out of that. They're 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 an unknown power couple. That's how I describe them. I know, right? I they're, know, they're right? They're legitimately <laughs> like if if more people knew, that's what we should be following as a power couple, not the Kanyes and, and Kardashians of the world, but but you. them because they're honest to god good people who believe in what really? they're doing and the people they're doing it for. I think the purity and the integrity of what people who are so true to what they do, like Tara and like Jeremy will always prevail over any kind of facade. Exactly. And yeah, you know, I think it'll always, always prevail. real, real. My mom, my mom, uh, 
she always said the cream will always rise to the top in reference more so to like not baking but like cooking and baking and making coffee and whatever um because the purity and what's good will always rise push to the through top. yeah it's, yeah. it's and it's true and and yeah there's some people in, in these industries that you can truly look up to and admire and know that they're yeah. 100% real and and it's yeah. nice to see that and the 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 thing about Jeremy more than almost any other not just photographer but person in the music industry he mm -hmm. only surrounds himself with quality people yeah i yeah he's a really good like mentor for me to have and for me to have met him like for the first time i was like 20 and I didn't know anybody. And he was one of the best people for me to meet, like, He's in the a, very beginning. He and know? I have so many friends in common, it's ridiculous. Like, I feel, I honestly feel like a dickhead because I don't know the man. I, I mean, I do admire him, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a fan, but I don't know him. I've never spoken to him more than, hey, nice to meet you. I'm set up over here, you know. Yeah. And he, and, you know, hey, excuse me, I need to, that, just the, the, the regular pit, photography pitch bullshit. That's right. Funny. But we have so many friends in common and have that's for awesome. so many years and we've never connected. But that's something I realized because of people like I actually realized it during the MySpace days, but mm -hmm. I realized it even more because as we've moved on now that this world, as big as it is and as connected as we can be, it, it's a very small world once you get to a certain level. It is so small. Everybody knows each other and everybody I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I follow you on a couple of my different Twitter accounts and I think yeah. it's hilarious because I'll see one side of what you post and I'm actually going to get into your social media pretty specific here. <laughs> okay, cool. Deep dive. Okay. There's some, there's some identifying markers that are very specifically you that I want to kind of not just like call you out, but like kind of call out the rest of people who aren't paying attention. If you want to know how to create a brand, they should be learning. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you should, you should teach classes on how to create brand. Um, but like, if I'm on my clothing line one, I see stuff that's more related to, say, the goth scene and less your music. Like when right. you launched your own store, it showed up on my on my timeline and all this. Whenever you yeah. talk to Sasha or Dieter or any of them, I see that on that. Yeah. When you're talking music or you're talking you show up on my record label feed when you're talking okay. about like, oh, I got to shoot or I got to go do this or I'm at this. I'm at this. I see a lot of pictures of you with cars on my photography. <laughs> feed. We'll get into the car thing. We'll get into the car thing. <laughs> it's like you're three completely different fucking people. Yeah. And oh, you no, know I'm like 10. Dude, wait, well, wait until we get into it. <laughs> well, that's the best part, though, is that it allows me to see you've created this brand that's so specifically mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. that it's like you're one of those. What are, what are they called when it's like a, a uh, when you do a map and you do the like the different webs out in the different ways and it all leads back to one area ends up yeah. looking like, a, like a daffodil or like a flower. Like yeah. it looks out, but it comes back here and then it goes here and then it comes back here. Like a, like a blooming onion. Yeah. That's what your persona has created in my mind. That's how I see it. And so when you talk about being in like eighth grade, like people laugh at me because of the psychotic thing. They're like, oh, why are you called that? Well, because that's what everybody used to scream while I was playing. That guy's a fucking you. psycho. And so I just adopted the name. But I yeah. pretty much live it. Like, I am this person. I, there's no bullshit right. to me. Like, my exactly. shtick, every band I've been in, our shtick is there's no shtick. Now, does that mean I haven't gone and gone full goth and worn the fucking platforms and put the fucking baby powder in my hair and the white? Yeah, I've done that. Because it fit in that band. I was playing a part. Yeah, but yeah, for yeah. for me to be me, 
it's, you know, it, like I laughed during COVID. Everybody was like, oh my God, we have to wear masks. So I was like, fuck yes, because I got like 30. <laughs> that's pretty sick. I wear them all that's the time. So I was like, I'm fucking prepared. It's my time. You know, that's, yeah. it's, the, it's that kind of thing. You seem very much the same way. You didn't create a yeah. brand. You created a future. And then I love that worked towards it. Wait, I love that. It's the truth. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and you can I'll, ask my diary. Well, it's like <laughs> you, you, you showed up on my feed about maybe 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to be like, oh, cool. You know, usually when somebody I know is talking music and I trust their opinion, I make a point of either screenshotting the, the post or immediately going to Spotify or clicking that link. I make right. a point of doing that. Yeah. And I was driving between Grand Junction and Denver through the mountains, which if you've mm-hmm. ever done that drive, it's a fantastic drive. But when you've done no, it a lot, oh, it's gorgeous. But it's also one of those like, there's so many shit people that don't know how to drive. <laughs> and so I have, to, I have to Tampa put Bay. on music. And so lots of times I'll, I'll put on something new. And that's when I do, because I get new music all the time and I want to test things out. And it's right. really good to kind of immerse myself in listening to new artists when I am focused on something else. Of course. Because then if it really does strike you, it's like, oh shit. And that was one, I was with a group of like five people and everybody went, who's this? And it was one of your, it was just a random track that popped up on your Spotify on one that I had flagged I needed to watch. And everybody went, who's this? And everybody clicked follow on your profile. In what? Everybody was like, this is amazing. So it was one of those moments, maybe two, three weeks later, I'm at a tattoo convention and it popped up on a feed. And I was like, oh, fuck. I never, because I was driving, clicked follow. And then I started following different social media. And over yeah. time, you've popped up on all of my, like, TikTok. I hate TikTok, for the record, because I don't get it. But, actually, it's I do get it. I'm, re- I'm the person who will get 3,000 likes on a comment, but get maybe 200 views on a video. So, oh my that's, God. Just, that's my shtick. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, but I, you know, you've, you showed up on my TikTok, like, the day I opened my TikTok. My phone just knew, okay, these are people you should follow. There's that. You're on all these different Twitter feeds. I don't necessarily always remember to go look for somebody because I'm doing so many different things, but because you have, you are so diversified, it's like you're a stock option in every different area of my life. That's so funny. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually really, it's really funny that you mentioned that when I was kind of consciously creating what I view as this extension of myself, or the online avatar of myself, I had actively wanted to be accessible to different things. So if you want to feel X, Y, and Z, you can listen to my music. I, I've abandoned my YouTube channel. I'm so bad at being consistent, but that would be for like a makeup tutorial, art videos, things like that. Um, TikTok, like outfit inspiration, Instagram outfit inspiration. Um, but then if you're into cars, that's like everything because it's like my little interest right now. Um, yeah, so I, I, that's well, something that I actively just, do. Okay. You're into music. Obviously you yeah. are a musician. That is what you, you, you list yourself as I'm a musician, but yeah. you're also a designer. You do graphic design and you do fashion design. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of a little bit. Yeah. But you do it. Interestingly enough, I have a problem most of the time with the idea of music and fashion. Fashion should not dictate music. 
I'm one of those people yeah, that yeah. believes that fashion should not dictate music. Music right. should inspire fashion. Fashion should inspire music, but it should not dictate. And there was a while there yeah. where fashion was dictating what music was. And that's why all music for, for about eight years sounded the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually right now. That's why country all sounds the same. Yeah, that makes it's sense. A, it's, it's, it's a genre based on a lifestyle, not a music. That's funny. Right. As so, opposed to like storytelling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's the thing. You're obviously a poet. Mm-hmm. You are, you model, mm-hmm. which did the modeling start before you actually started doing the music or is that something that came kind of hand in hand? The modeling started beforehand because I wanted to have the image. <laughs> and there you go. See, so what don't you do? Because like I know you, I, I I can just tell you're one of those people that kind of sketches and draws and paints and does things whenever you get an opportunity. Yeah, of course. Whether you share that or not, I haven't really seen it, but I can tell you do it. No, I do it. Yeah, no, I have like my own paintings that I do hanging up in my house. Um, what don't I do? Um, I don't stay consistent on my YouTube channel. That's one. And I also uh, don't bake very well. I don't cook very well either. I've uh, been really into soft pretzels and Buffalo Wild Wings the last few weeks. I, I, I wish you could see my list because I have like, put, if she doesn't answer, push, do you cook? Do you, do you no. bake? I literally, <laughs> I I just, literally, it's right here on my list. That's so <laughs> funny. Yeah, no, like I do, I can do like a few, a few dishes. Um, I mean, I'm Italian, so I grew up with my mom's cooking, so I obviously can't really top hers, but well, that's, that's a um, I've been getting into it since, since like moving out part-time on my own. Um, since I, I go back and forth between two places. Um, and <laughs> I mean, my boyfriend wants me to cook, but sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And that's, sometimes, how, that, that's how that plays is sometimes. Yeah. I, I didn't see for me, cooking is an art form. It oh, yeah, is. totally. It, it's one of those art forms that, that a lot of baking is in particular. There's a guy on TikTok that makes these like machines from chocolate. He makes me hate myself because he's so good. But is this the one? Did he make like wait machine? Did he make like a giraffe? Yes. Yeah, it's that guy. Oh yeah. my god! Can't stand that dude. He's so I, good at it. <laughs> he's, exactly. It's like, but you can't stop watching. No. It's like you no. want you want to hate him and you want to be really right. mad, but you still watch the whole fucking video. <laughs> You do. That's the magic it's, of the algorithm. Dude, it's just fucking, like it's genius. He makes everyone hate themselves because he's so fucking good, and yet <laughs> you can't. He's his 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 views have got to be through the fucking roof. I love that shit. Of course, <laughs> of course. Because um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess I just I look at all that because you obviously you've got a business mindset, and some of that comes. You, I mean, you said it earlier. Sometimes you overanalyze. Here's the thing: when you live day by day, it can be a real problem. They can. And I, I get that sometimes you're overanalyzing or you're creating problems for yourself or you're yeah, you totally. are let down because if something doesn't happen. And, and I always tell people there's, there's, there's very few things in this world we can't control, but right. we can't control time. We can't control the weather and we can't control other people. Right. And, and music in particular is an industry that relies very heavily on time and other people. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a huge chunk of that is out of your own control. And that, trust me, I've had the heartbreak. I've, you know, I've done the whole show up and ready to play and things fall apart. I've, I've had a whole right. of tours canceled while I'm driving cross country. And like, Hey, by the way, the tours canceled. Like, well, fuck me. Right. I guess we could find a way to afford to go home. You know, there are those right. things, but it also means you always live in the moment. 
and you appreciate, you appreciate those moments more. I think, yeah, there's got to be a balance between the two always. And I think, well, and that's one of those things. Like, I, in looking at your social media, um, you have managed to never post something that is so personal that would lead anyone to believe anything that isn't real about you, for one that you're, you're very genuine, but also that you give just enough information or just enough of a, a one-liner to be like, I'm including you in my life, but that doesn't mean you know me. Right. And yeah, that's pretty unique in this industry. I feel like in my generation as well, people rely on relatability and kind of shrinking themselves down to be digestible or relatable to others so much to where it, there's just such a lack of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, mystique. There's no, um, there's no veil of artistry. Not that the people that like sometimes I'm referring to, I guess are artists. However, I see it a lot and um, I don't want people to think I'm perfect because I'm not, you know, we all bleed the same. We're all human. I'm not above anybody else, but um I don't talk badly about myself and I just make sure that I'm being as true to myself as I can at all times while keeping a barrier because I'm a very lonely person. I'm a very solitary person. I'm very happy with that. Like I have my boyfriend, I have my best friend, I have like my mom and dad and like my family. And that's pretty much it. You know, I keep, myself and my circle very very small and I always have and I probably always will I think outside energy if you will tends to affect us a lot like dare I say evil eye or stuff like that it makes me very very scared well you are and become who you hang around and if you surround yourself with too many people (laughs) there's so much negativity you're bound to become negative just based on the numbers if you surround yourself with a lot of people um I am a victim of that I have so many acquaintances and friends through this whole my whole life that I, I love them don't get me wrong but there's people like man I wish I had managed to keep them at arm's length back in the day because now it's like they're very invested in my life and it can be exhausting to keep can be. 200 people in contact yeah I mean, oh my god like, yeah it's like it's like well and I'm I'm big on memes I, I'm not love good it. on communication I'm not but I will send memes I will like, hey, this is my way of reminding yeah. you that I'm thinking about you. Is I will send jokes oh, so or videos or shit, and that that's Sending my way. Sending like just, a love language. Yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> kind of like this is me letting you know that you're important to me. Doesn't mean necessarily that I'm going to give you an update on my life or want to have a five hour conversation, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely thinking about you on a regular enough basis to include you in my life. So sweet. And yeah, that's how I have to do it. I. The other side of that, though, is that because you keep your circle small, it allows you to just because you're a solitary person or because you're a private person doesn't mean you can't set. I mean, everybody, nobody's perfect. You're right. But it doesn't mean you can't set the mm-hmm. bar standard pretty high. Right. Yeah. If you set exactly, your self-expectation exactly. high enough, then you don't have to worry about what other people are expecting of you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I used to have the mindset of like doing the bare minimum because then when I actually try, people would be impressed no matter what. But now I'm kind of like, you know, I'm at a place where I would just prefer not to share a lot. And the thing with writing music, poetry, um, the art videos, whatever, 
is that I'll, like you said, I'll share enough information to where it may resonate with somebody, but it's still vague enough to where, um, what happened in my life or happening is happening in my life is in my life. And that's it. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I don't want to shrink myself down for other people to be able to digest who or what I am or who or what I want to be. Um, well, there were just, like, that's always yeah. changing with you though, too. You're always expanding yeah. your horizons. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with rock stars, years and years and years ago there was no social media obviously yeah. I'm not saying i'm a rock star i'm not comparing myself to them however people like kiss you know we didn't we didn't know what they were like as people and we only knew say the makeup and the the, the gear the outfits and that was really it there were characters and i like that like that always appealed to me so much so that's yeah. why i love broadway yeah, that's why I love Broadway. Is that you still have that that mystery that mystery of all these different artists and and actors and things yeah. where you don't really because they don't. It's a completely different level of celebrity than professional sports or professional music, or you don't have that. And and, right. and you know you hear stories about different musicians that I always crack jokes about Guns and Roses. This is a band that made their living off talking about being you know, promiscuous sex and lots of drugs. And Axl Rose was one of the most loyal and drug-free people on the planet. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. and yet that's, he, he knew what worked. He, he, Axl is a character under his own making. There are right. some that created characters that aren't nearly as, as iconic or, or, you know, then there's others. I mean, you look at, everybody knows Slipknot, everybody recognizes the masks, but they may not know shit about any of the individuals. Right. No, exactly. Numbers or any of that, but they know, right. oh, they're, but they're, that's that band in the mask. Same with Mushroomhead, right. ICP, like, there's a lot of those artists that you, whether you like them, whether you hate them, you'll recognize the icon of what they are. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And yet those people don't have to be that open. And that's whenever it is that I play shows, I kind of want to create that as well. And it's not that I want to close myself off from people. It's that I just want to protect who I am deep, deep down. Because the reason that I create is not because I want to be cool or like hot or I want clout. It's that I'm uncomfortable and I create because I hurt and I don't know any other way to deal with that. And um, yeah, I, I basically want to be someone who like 10 year old me could look up to. Granted, I did have that person. That person for me was Amy Lee of Evanescence. And when I saw them live, dude, I was like 10 and it was here in Tampa and I was just so happy to be able to do that. And my life kind of pivoted from there. I was like, wait, can people like do this as a job? And, um, you know, it got me through. It really, really did. But I want to be that kind of person. Evanescence Live is or, a experience. That's not a concert. That's an experience. It's a, it's a holy, it's a holy experience. I've, I've seen them once from the stands and worked on two, two shows that they were performing and, and it's, it's unreal. Uh, every yeah. time. And, and it, and it never, ever doesn't deliver. That's the best part of that is it's, it's never the same, but it's always. An experience. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. And there, and you can't say that about a lot of artists, especially from the, the, the nineties that really, you know, you talked about your the the way you perform. I 
Monkey from Corn said mm-hmm. something um, in like '97 or '98 to me um, after one of their shows, and he was like, "I just feel so filthy and so dirty all the time, and the only time I get to actually." be that is when I'm on stage and that's why I have the jumpsuit and I'm sweaty and I'm gross. And that's how I feel all the time. But that's the only time I get to feel like I'm me. Right. You know, I grew up in, in Western Colorado, which is essentially Eastern Utah. I mean, in all reality, that's what it is. It's very conservative. It's very, I mean, yeah, you have Aspen and you have Vail, but even there it's still, I mean, because I wore makeup and because I painted my nails and because I had long black hair or long blue hair or long green hair and earrings and eyebrow piercings, I was a right. I was an alien. I was I was just absolutely ostracized in so many ways. And I didn't really give a fuck, but I didn't okay. know how to express that, even though I was playing punk music and playing ska music and things. It wasn't until I started playing metal. And one of the things is when I first became a frontman you know, people joke and they thought it was part of the show. I'm notorious for, for like throwing up blood. I shred my throat okay. and I will spit up blood. It's not a lot, but I will spit blood out on the stage and everybody would be like, Oh, it's so bad. And they would think it was part of the show. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm actually hurting myself. I'm hurting myself physically okay. for you to witness. And, mm-hmm. and it was because of that whole, like, sometimes I push myself so hard and I'm doing so much just long-term screaming. I will actually start to bleed. Yeah. So when you've been on the road for 16 days or 18 days and you're doing that every other night or two or three nights in a row. Yeah, it's a lot on you. You just started doing it. And so people thought that was part of the show. Totally not part of the show. I'm actually in physical pain, but. Right. I was okay with that. Right. I was all right. That was an okay feeling to to be out there. And, you know, I, I never made it as a famous musician. I never wanted to be famous. I love my anonymity. I fucking adore it. To the point where, I mean, you're one of very few people that I have ever talked to or made a comment on social media. Who knows what the fuck I look like? I got you. There's no pictures of me on my Facebook. There's no pictures of me on my Twitters. There's no, I am not the center of my universe. Everyone else is. And that's what I want. Cool. I, I cherish that anonymity too. And it's not just for my sake. I have kids. I have family. I of have, course, you know, yeah. you know, I'm protecting them. That's why I think part of why I respect how you do things is you keep things so close to the vest without, see, minor walls. It's a whole fucking fortress. With you, you literally have the, you, it's like you're using the force. Like, you don't need to see this. It's, right. it's just, <laughs> and people go, you're right. I don't need to see this. I'm good with that. Right. So, I don't know. I, I think that there's a level of personal commitment that you learn in performing and in of what you allow people to see and live music is one of those things that everyone should not only should they go and everyone should go to a show everyone should go to at least one show one really important show somebody they really admire because it's life-changing and anybody who's got any kind of talent whatsoever who thinks man i'd really love to do that fucking do it do it yeah i don't care if it's an open mic i don't care if it's karaoke i don't care what it is experience it yeah yeah, dude, I don't think our desires are arbitrary. You know, I think that when we feel that pull towards something, it, it definitely means no. that there's a part in us that is meant to do that. Well, people say when you're craving something like, oh, I'm craving meat or I'm craving a burger, or I'm craving carrots. It's because your body needs something. Yeah, yeah. When you think something, when you obsess over something, it's because your body needs it. Oh, yeah. 
your soul needs it. And I think that, that, that that's too often mistaken. People don't realize that. Right. And I think that that's, that's a huge thing. I don't know. One of the things that the other side of your social media is that you are kind of this unintentional guru. <laughs> you, you pop off one-liners that could very easily, like if people, I, I imagine people looking at your Twitter in particular and writing down what you say on little sticky notes and putting it on their mirror. I hope so. That's nice. And I don't, and the thing is, I don't think you've ever done it intentionally. No, it's just a, a stream of consciousness. Yeah, because it's it, and it's never at the same time. It's random points. Like there, there is the, the one that, that struck with me that I wrote down is once I start taking my own advice, it's over for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said that a couple months ago. Yeah. And that on that particular day really hit me right in the forehead because I'm one of those people that I will give tons of advice, but not take my own. I just don't. like I'm. I'm great with relationship advice, but I suck at relationships. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> so that was one of those that I wrote, and I was like, God, do, do you even realize that you're out here, kind of? Because one post will it'll be you're showing yourself sitting on the hood of a car, and then oh, look at this outfit, and look how cute this is, and oh, by the way, I have a video coming out, and then you'll at you know five fourteen in the afternoon, some random piece of just jewel of wisdom gets winged out there into the fucking multiverse. And you should see my notes app. My <laughs> notes app, is like the files in that are crazy. Because it'll be like three in the morning. I'll think of something. I literally remember. So about one or two in the morning this morning, I was thinking about the song Scary Mask by Poppy. And I was like, I don't I don't know exactly what that song is about. I've listened to it a handful of times, but I was like, what am I without my mask? You know, the mask that like, you know, everyone kind of sees whatever, whatever, the makeup, the hair, whatever. Um, you know, I was thinking, what I what am I without that? And I was just kind of like in my notes app about it. And I was like, well, I guess that's a song. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it works out, it works out. And it's like every little thing that happens to me, whether it be a big thing or a little, little thing. Um, like earlier today, <laughs> this girl, I was in the mall and like, I hadn't done like my super goth looking makeup, goth looking, whatever in a long time. And I did it today. Just feeling myself. I felt great. I felt so good. And I had noticed a couple of days ago that like no one had really said anything to me. I live in Florida, like part time and um people used to say stuff to me, good or bad, doesn't really matter. I used to just get remarks though in general a lot when I looked more extreme. But I hadn't because I had toned it down. I was wearing mainly like a nude lipstick and looking toned down. But I was like, you know what? Like I need to do these pictures today and I want to take pictures of my car and with my car. So let me let me amp it up. And then I was like, hmm, I want to go to the mall right after. So I went to the mall and a girl walked past me with her boyfriend. And they were like a like a gym couple. Like they were gym rats. Not 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 in like a derogatory way, but like they're wearing like athleisure at the mall. So it's like, okay, whatever. And she walks past me and I'm sitting down in my little editing app with like all my photos up. And she just looks me up and down. <laughs> nice Halloween costume. So I like spun my head and I was like, oh my god, I'm a star again. Oh my god, finally I'm getting like remarks again. Finally. 
Well, and, and that's, I don't that's really care whether it's good or bad because other people's responses to me have very little to do with me. Um, but I know that people are talking and if I weren't doing something right, people wouldn't be talking. So that's precisely it. like for me, I, I love the Halloween 365 attitude. Yeah. When I go out with my super, like super done up friends, I, I love it. But I also love it when those same people go out without the makeup and like going and having breakfast or lunch at a Denny's with somebody that if they saw them in makeup, they'd be like, Oh my God, you're, and they don't realize that that's who it is because they're out of character. I love both sides of that because mm-hmm. it is really fun. I love showing up, and, you know, it, it's, and, and it's, that's the part of music that is the performance part that, that goes beyond the stage that I, I have a fairly negative attitude towards a lot of social media, a lot. Mm-hmm. There are so many success stories that come from social media though, that I can't, I, I, I love that. I don't discount that. And it allows for more reality outside of the character when yeah. you get to go meet these people in real life and you're hanging out. Yeah, definitely. And don't recognize them. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I, I just enjoy the shit out of that. And I, I think yeah. I always will. I, it's, I was it's, like one of the first things that I got in touch with because I, when I was like 15, 14, I was going to shows. Um, whether it be like metal or rock festivals. Um, I went to a lot of Motionless and White concerts. And, Excellent, choice. Um, hmm? Excellent choice. Yeah. I, I love Motionless. I, I, They're I, wonderful. I, I adore that band and, and have a huge history with that band. So, yes. Yeah, definitely. I started getting recognized um, just from like going to so many shows and people were like, oh, I saw you at blah, blah, blah show or, oh, I saw you at the mall or, I saw you at this place and people began to recognize the silhouette that I was choosing for all of my outfits. It wouldn't be the exact same pieces, but I had chosen a silhouette. It's still the same one I wear to this day. I would wear kind of my staple pieces and people began to recognize me. But when I started to notice that I had such an immense level of like giddiness when I got that, and I was like, wait, this is amazing. I'm literally obsessed with this. So now when it happens, a, I'm like a million times more giddy, and like B, I just feel a level of comfort with it as well, and um, it makes me really happy. <laughs> it's grassroots brand recognition, is what you did. Yeah. Wait. Gra- what is? What do you mean? Grassroots. Okay. So like, um, when you go to McDonald's, you always order a Coke because Coke has been a part of McDonald's since the beginning. Oh. <laughs> Coke is not responsible for McDonald's but they make them a huge part of their profit and actually have yeah. the power in the eighties to go, you're going to get rid of Dr. Pepper. And they went, okay. And they got Mr. Pibb instead. <laughs> they, they had the power to just say that because they developed that relationship and they did it very quietly and very easily. They said, we will support you. We like what you're doing. Keep running with it. There are many artists that have done that through the years. The one that, that, that strikes Madonna. Mm-hmm. Madonna managed to very quietly create a fashion essentially identity that was completely separate from her music, completely separate from her acting, oh, but that was just yeah. where people would recognize her before she was big. So when she started to be big, everybody in her hometown or the town she had already played in, they're like, I know her. And they would travel to go see her. She had a grassroots oh, base. This is, this is clicking. Yeah. 
there was a grassroots base of people who were like, no, 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 we know her. She's awesome. We're going to support her growth. Yeah. That was before that social sense. media. Now with social media, with, with the connection you can have, that's huge. That's absolutely yeah. huge. And yeah. the other side of that is, you know, people joke about it. Like, you know, big time actors in particular, they throw on the dark sunglasses and a hat and they go out in public. And people are like, oh, like you're not going to get recognized. And people honestly don't recognize them. Right. You know, if I there put on a red t-shirt, that, uh, huh? if I put on like a red or a blue t-shirt, people, my best friends will walk right by me and not see me at the store. That was like the thing that Marilyn Monroe did when she would kind of turn on her, her personality and her light and she would actively do it and get people to recognize her. There was that story of her walking around a city with a friend of hers or something and she had said like do you want to see me do it and I guess no one had been coming up to her recognizing her and the friend was like okay and she did it and she just kind of changed the posture changed from the inside out and the world had reflected back and people began to recognize her and come up to her whatever whatever yeah so it's very interesting yeah it's it's a psychological game but it, it works <laughs> and it's more internal we don't realize it well that if if you don't want to be noticed you can walk through a crowd and not be noticed. Right. You don't want to be, but we we're so used to, Oh wait, but I have this. And we create that. It's in fact, I would even challenge you go to a show, dress normal, do everything, go and just post up against one, not in the back, but against one of the walls. And I bet the interactions will be cut in half. Right. Of they'll course. Still be of there. course. They'll, they'll cut down because people won't necessarily feel like you're as approachable if you're not stepping yeah. the suit of performance. Yeah, dude, I mean, if I'm in my head and I'm not really thinking about this, I'm not thinking about interactions, yeah, no, it can be very, very quiet. <laughs> I've noticed that with a lot of my porn star friends, that's the big one. The oh. really big one. <laughs> they will sit and be completely invisible. People will come up, they'll talk to us, they'll be, and they'll be, and then 45 minutes to an hour later, one or two people will be like, wait, aren't you? Nah. Oh. You'll see them go, God, I think I, no, that's not her. Or that's not him. Oh. Or that's and they'll, they'll turn away and you see it. And then, and then of course, inevitably a person goes, okay, it's time to go. It's starting to fade off. It's almost like the, yeah, the yeah, veil yeah. goes away over time. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it translates and it's something that you see. Uh, and, and and of course there's like I say there's different levels of celebrity there's different levels of I, I I don't like in a lot of ways celebrity me is 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 over celebrated because I think we reward people for being mediocre rather right. than being exceptional and then we reward one level exceptionability compared to another and they're on completely different I don't, yeah. I don't get that like why does a professional athlete make so much more than this person who, you know, is so great at murals or, you know, does, you know, cooks for a thousand people a day. And it's, it's so subjective. Right. But I also see that as when you have those people and they, they take that responsibility of celebrity seriously and say, I have a responsibility to the people who are looking at me to be in the moral right, to stand up for what I believe in, to look at those right. things and project that outward. And then, so it goes both ways. I yeah, think that, that level of being able to take yourself less seriously for one cracking jokes. Barack Obama is one of my favorites. The whole thanks Obama with the cookie. I don't know if you yeah. ever saw it. Where he like, went to dip the cookie so. in the milk and it didn't. He goes, thanks Obama. And he tosses it. That won me over. I was like, this man is the greatest. 
he's the greatest speaker of our time for this dumb joke. People are making fun of him for this. And he went, it is kind of funny. So he just played it. I like that. I think that that's very respectable. Definitely. And so I think that people, given that, I think that if, if more people did that, more people took that, that level of don't take myself so seriously, if they took that seriously and they took, I don't always have to be in character because that's where burnouts come in. Yeah, absolutely. It's exhausting. You can't keep I know burnout very well. Her and I are very close. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's funny. You said her, I, I look at burnout as a guy. You know, I'm one of those. Oh, okay. if, if there is a god, definitely a woman, and the devil's definitely a dude. I'm just I'm one of those people. I'm yeah, not anti-man, but I'm definitely like on on behalf of the penis bearers. Sorry, we kind of just suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I I where do you see yourself going? I mean, you said you know as you start performing, what would it like be your dream tour? Ooh, good question. We did mention motionless, so that would be very a very full circle moment for me, definitely. Honestly, you could you could join their tour right now with Ice Nine. That would be cool. You fit in on that so well. It's such a good yeah, lineup. That would be, cool. <laughs> be really cool. Yeah. Um, you know who I would love to tour with? I'm a big fan of Orgy. And that would be fun. I love Orgy. Um. I saw Orgy on their first tour and those guys actually played one of, they, they got one of our mixtapes and put it on the overheads at a big stadium. And they were like, these guys were right here. This is this band. And they were, they were, God, they were cool. cool. I could see myself touring with like Poppy. I feel like her and I would get along as like homies as well. Yeah. Yeah. Similar, similar, uh, similar enough artistry between the two. You'd have a lot of the same fans, but you would bring new fans to her and she would bring new fans to you. Yeah, absolutely. That would, that would that would blend really well. Um, That'd be really cool. Big good one. Yeah, do you know how Mandy Moore started? <clears throat> okay, so in the, in the time of the the pop queens and the boy bands, um, <laughs> since everybody was kind of being created from Disney and Nickelodeon and all this stuff, there was very little that they could do to separate each other. So when you would think of Britney Spears, it was also Jessica Simpson and Christina Aguilera, and it just kind of, of worked. Same with the boy bands, NSYNC, Backstreet, 90 Degrees. They were all just synonymous. Mandy Moore chose, and I don't know whether it was her personally or her management or what, they put her on tour with rock bands. That's cool. And she played with a live band. And apparently threw down. I never saw it, but apparently she would go out there and throw down basically a rock set that a lot of people refer to Lizzie Hale. That it was like watching a hailstorm show. Hailstorm was amazing. Yeah, and they they were like, it's a lot like watching a hailstorm show. And then they would get her albums like, wait, this is pop. And then her next album came out and it was a little less pop. And then her third album came out, it was way more pop. But she had such a different fan base because she did something completely different. Right. Like in some ways, I think you would do quite well if you were to just pick, there's somebody walking in behind me if you just saw that. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? Yeah, No, but the idea of if you were to tour... With a, with a group of people that maybe didn't fit your style. That'd be cool. You know, because, like, the, the thing that comes to mind, I, I, it's a joke to me in so many ways. I love cracking smart-ass comments about it. The, the Gathering of the Juggalos. I think you would actually destroy that crowd. Yeah. 
That'd I be think cool. you would go out there and, and I think they would just be like, we get it. We fucking get it. And I think you would identify with so many people that you probably wouldn't reach otherwise. Right. Another group I would say, so like a large part of like my vocal production, I use like very pop style vocals when I'm singing at that. So there's an artist named Slater. I would love to tour with Slater. She's really, really, really cool. And I think that we're, we're only like a few years apart in age and we have very similar humor, very similar posts. So like to be like a pop girl looking like this would be really, really cool as well. But the juggling thing is interesting. I've never, I've never heard that, but yeah, I could totally see it. It was just one of those things. Cause like Whitney Payton is one of those that I was like, man, how does she fit in? Cause she's such a, she's from Philly. She moved out to, to Arizona for a while. She played with, uh, I said to kill for a bit and was like doing live music stuff with them. And it worked really well. And I suddenly went, well, no shit. No wonder she, she can identify so well because she's such a diverse artist in her, in her lyrical style that it appeals to the ICP lovers. And, and yet I look at like the guy that mushroom hair is there all the time. And tech nine, who is not a juggalo is in with all the juggalos. I mean, it's just one of those things. Watch these people kind of cross that genre. Um, Swaco for fuck's sake. Swaco is famous for a song that he did as a joke. Right. You know, right. Swaco's big in the car community, right? Yeah. 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 He drives like an older BMW build. Yeah. So, and that's just, well, I mean, look at, I mean, Loveless, the whole, other than the debacle that is the whole Sam Smith Loveless, that whole thing, the unholy, him basically, people think it was his music and it not being and all these other things. Like, Loveless is one of those artists that became famous through TikTok who would never have identified with any of the fans that he has. Because if you listen to Loveless's music, it's very specific, a genre that fits. But because he's vocally so talented, he likes covering other people's shit. And he loves loves stitching other people's music. That's fun. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. I, I have yet to check him out. He's really, really talented. And honestly, hilarious. Because he he has these little secret accounts that he pretends to not like himself, and he talks shit about himself. That's actually really smart. I think that's I think it's hilarious. Yeah, people like the underdog, so that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, and and he's one of those like I know big time management, big time labels that are like fire your management, fire your label, come work with us because your people have failed you. And because honestly, unholy, which mad respect to Sam Smith, I, I I am a Sam Smith fan. That song had so much buildup that by the time it was released, nobody knew it was going to be him. And it's like, it's a two minute and 27 second song that nobody gives a fuck about. I'm a Kim Petras fan. So well, I feel you. Jersey, and she killed that verse and she's called catching shit because of shit that happened after the verse was released. That's not her fault. It's not her yeah. fault. When does iconography come out? February. February. Okay. I don't know if you were okay saying stating that clearly, but I, I'm I'm actually very, I'm very much looking for it. Now you've talked about it, the masks we wear and things like that. Icon is one of those songs that you can't tell if you wrote it about yourself or someone else, and I think you leave that up to the listener. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, um, and it it can be interpreted uh, a few different ways because yeah. I interpret it a few different ways. I think of it, yes, the when I was like physically typing it into my phone, it was about somebody else. But then, I mean, I had like a really rough year and then it kind of evolved into about myself. And then another thing happened and I was going in and like working on the mixes and I was like, no, it's about this motherfucker. And then it just kind of evolved into like different things. So yeah, 
it's definitely up to the listener who they associate that with. Yeah, it's just one of those. It's very, it's very introspective, but also very much a perspective piece. And like, if you just read the lyrics, like take the music out of it, take the the rage and the pain that's obviously there, and you just read the lyrics, it's very much a don't be a douchebag, don't be a bitch, don't be a problem, but also if you're gonna be these things, own them, kind of mantra. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, and and are you that way day to day about like like if somebody gives you an opinion, do you expect them to state it as a fact more than like just an opinion? I'm definitely all about owning whatever it is that you say and being. I, I'm reading the Four Agreements right now, so I'll use the term uh, "be impeccable with your word." Mm-hmm. And um, I think that our word is the most powerful thing that we have. It's one of those, the only things that we have control over. Um, and if you're if you're going to use your word in a right of power, I don't think you should do it in a bad way. <laughs> I mean, for me, yeah, I mean, there's definitely stuff on the record and in different songs that I wrote that I am using my word in a bad way, I guess, using cuss words, talking about how somebody's a piece of crap, whatever. Um, but it, it's it's in the way of healing, so it's fine. But, um, yeah. Like that girl, I mean, like a girl who walked by me in a nice Halloween costume. Yeah, I mean, own that if you're going to say it. <laughs> say it well, to my face, though. Say, she said it very under her breath. Like, say it to my face if you're going to say it. And there you so. go. And that's one of those things, like, it's it's a matter of, like, uh, that's the other side of your social media that I wanted to get into is that I, I feel like you leave yourself open. You are in a world where you are leaving yourself vulnerable and raw in a world of sharks just ripe with sharks where they just want oh, to yeah. the fuck out of you. And yet it doesn't feel like they do it as much with you as they do with other artists in the, in the same, as far as the same following counting. You don't, I watch, I watch other artists just get attacked and they're devastated by it. And yeah, anyone, dude, dude, I like to think that middle school was my boot camp. Like I <laughs> have never and never, I don't think I hope to God, I never experienced a pain like I did in middle school. And People now on like user one, two, three, four, five account can say whatever to me. And I'm really not going to care because like I mentioned earlier, I know that people's response to me does not have a lot to do with me. It usually has more to do with a lack of control in their life and they, it spills over into other things. So let's say, I'll tell you a story (laughs) like earlier in the summer, um, me and my best friend were at Walmart and this lady comes up to us and she started just berating me for my appearance. And I wasn't super dressed up. I had on like a dress and some tights and heels, but I didn't, I didn't have chains. I didn't have a contact stand. I didn't have gloves on anything like that. And my hair was just solid black. And um, lady was berating me. But in my head, I'm like, I know I shouldn't take this personally because this lady's like granddaughter or daughter or something probably got like her first tattoo and this bitch is now acting out because of that and it's a lack of control in her life something that doesn't align with her belief system that's so deeply ingrained in her like thick steel skull that she's now taking it out on me so now when user one two three four five is like you suck or cringe or your lip filler looks crazy whatever the fuck it may be 
literally, why would I pay mind to that? <laughs> I had experienced such worse pain. <laughs> well, and the thing is, like, it's amazing to me that, that I don't ever see you really respond. Oh. And, 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 and I can tell it's just because you're like, eh, fuck that, don't care. I know that's right. what it is. You're like, that, that, my I'm not going to. My time is, my time means way too much to me. Yeah, you're not going to waste your energy and your time trying to correct somebody's behavior. But mm -hmm. here's the thing. The people that I notice who don't react are the ones who have the largest vocabulary. And in the world of trolls, when you have a vocabulary like you obviously do, and I'm thinking of several other people that I see online, that is a fucking arsenal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. When you, can, when you can, in five words that are multisyllabic, lay somebody completely bare and you don't do it. It's this level of power that, that I don't think people recognize enough. Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure that you have at least once or twice, whether you regret it or not, turned around and said something to somebody like that lady today saying, oh, nice Halloween costume, and just yeah. made them feel tiny as fuck. With just right. a couple of words. Just my favorite, my favorite words are asking if they're okay or if they're feeling or doing okay. Because then they just kind of shrink. They're like, oh, they feel like a real asshole. There's because I'm not I, meeting it with I'm not meeting with any like animosity. I'm genuinely like, are you okay? Yeah. Are you are you like doing okay? Yeah. <laughs> like what? And when you make the person then, you know, introspect, it's probably it's the same thing as there's there's a, a woman, she's a, a counselor. And she's kind of a comedian too. And so when especially really misogynistic men mm -hmm. will make comments near her or around her and she'll hear it, she's like, Oh, you know, she, she treats oh. me like a baby. Oh, poor baby. Oh. You know, and she and she does. She she's really like, Oh, do you do you need something? Poor baby. And she like does that. And she says it just shrinks them. Just completely removes Absolutely. You know, things like that. Or, you know, like watching some comedians deal with hecklers where they suddenly just go like I'm in comedy and I'm used to this and they just lay them out. And then the rest of the time you just know that person's just sitting there thinking about that one phrase. When people don't use that, it's almost more powerful. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I guess I, I, I think I witnessed that. I witnessed that with you. There's, there's a core element. I'm not a big fan of Hollywood. I think Hollywood rips the soul out of way too many people. Yeah. But there are a few people out there in the Hollywood scene that I'm like, just thrive, just keep doing this. Cause God, you're amazing. And, and right. it's, it's really fun to kind of watch them not react or turn it into a joke and be like, yeah. cool, I'm going to take your comment. That's obviously looking, you're looking for attention and you're trying to be, and I'm going to make you famous, but in a really not fun way for you, but it's going to work for me because I'm going to not take myself seriously. And I'm right. going to crack this joke about myself. I'm going to own right. it. And I'm going to run. Yeah. That's and the I, way to do it. I, I don't know. One of my favorite it. people who does that is uh, Dolly Parton. When people would say that she looked cheap, she'd be like, well, it's cost a whole lot of money to look this cheap. Or yeah. they would say she looks like trash. And she's like, well, that's what I'm going to be. Or something something along those lines. I really her love her. Huh? Did you watch her Hall of Fame induction? No, I need to. I need to do a deep dive on Miss Parton because mm -hmm. she is one of my favorite people from the few things I've seen of her. She's amazing. She absolutely blows yeah. my fucking mind. Yeah. Her the the, the one-liners and the zingers and things that she was dropping during oh my god. I was she so is impressed. So amazing. 
Yeah. And I was never growing up. I listened to a lot of Dolly Parton because of my dad, but I never was like a fan. It was never one of those things. I know a lot of her music and things like that, but I didn't realize how much of that entire genre she really affected and changed. And I think that was a very good thing. I think it was really cool. I want to go to Dollywood. I think it would be cool. I've never been there, but I've 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 thought about it a couple of times. I've thought about going to Graceland a couple of times. Never been there, but I've thought about it. Anyway, yeah, no, I went to Nashville and I went to the Country Music Hall of Fame. I saw like a couple of her outfits and stuff that were in there. It was really really cool. And I I don't remember where Dollywood is. I think it's in like it's not Gatlinburg, is it? It's somewhere like either Eastern Tennessee or like Northern. I was in like Middle Tennessee though, and um, yeah, no, I want to go there. At some point. <laughs> yeah, I think it would, I think it would be a blast. Cheaper. I think there's certain yeah. things that, 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 I mean, it sounds really touristy, but I think that we should experience as as musicians, as artists, and as people. Like, there's a reason. And for me, what was really interesting about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year was you have Dolly Parton and you have Eminem. Wait, so where is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Refresh my memory, please. <laughs> is that Detroit? Chicago. Now I can't remember. There was, like, one of the... Hall of Fame things. Oh my god, I feel like I feel so dumb for not remembering. No, you but said it. it. I immediately left. There was, there was one of them in the Ohio. Yeah, that I went to. My mom, my mom took me, and it was around the time that I decided I like Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. Okay, so yes, yeah. I have been there. I have yeah. been there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, God, I felt really stupid for a minute there. <laughs> me too. I was like, oh no, what was that place that my mom took me to when I was like 14? Yeah. Um, but watching the two of them get inducted and be so opposite and and yet it just made so much sense. Right. That was a that was a that was a cool one. That was pretty neat but, for me. Yeah. It was kind of like, all right. And they both kind of reacted the same way, like you know, at one point, you know, Eminem caught so much flack early on in his career for the way he treated his daughter. And, they, oh, you're using her as a marketing scheme. He literally looks her dead in the eye. She's in the crowd. He goes, all right, earmuffs. And then he says a bunch of shit. He goes, okay, you can start listening again. And it's kind of this cute moment because you realize he really did not want to cause damage to his to his kids. It was never an intentional thing. It's just that's how life goes. And he was wrong right. about it. Dolly Parton, the whole, you know, cracking jokes about, yeah, I got big boobs and I know how to use them. And, you know, and talking about, you know, she made some comment about some guy who who escaped from her house. Get back in. Aren't you supposed to be in my basement somewhere or something like that? Just 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 cracking one liners. I was like, ah, it's so good to see people that are very real and have done so much that that people don't realize. Right. That's the stuff. That's the stuff that people are remembered for. Chris Farley is one of those, you know, actor comedian. He did all these things. But what what people in Chicago remember him for, people that are native and who really knew him, is he worked the soup kitchens every weekend. That's awesome. You know, that's what he's known for. Is he? Uh, yeah, Chris. He was a great guy. He used to cook for us. He used to bring us this. He hung out with all the homeless people and brought us donuts and stuff. That's awesome. He didn't do that with a camera crew. He didn't do that for for celebrity. He did it because he. I have money and I want these people to not suffer. Right. That's what I see now with people like Dolly Parton in particular, who step up suddenly <laughs> and go, I think that the world could be a better place. And this is what it would take. I think Cher is that way. Cher is awesome. Cher's one of those. She really believes the world can be a better place and that it's our totally. responsibility to make it that way. And I, I, I think that there are the, just those people in, in music in particular that they take that very, very seriously. And I, I respect Always. the shit out of that. Always. 
because it, it, it that does matter. It, it does when and when you talk about you know things like well within your own creation, you're opening up your soul, you're opening up your experiences, what you're dealing with, and you're putting it out there. You're you're allowing someone yeah, to see yeah. a little window of who you are and see inside you. Okay. When somebody interprets that for themselves and they let you see it in return, it, it's almost like you're raising them. It's like, you're like, okay, you've experienced something through my eyes and now I'm experiencing the same thing through your eyes. At what point do I shove you out the nest? Right. Right. And I think that in today's, not just in music, but the fact that, that so many influencers have so much power and so much control over what we see day to day, I think all of that really gets missed. There's right. just, there's no sense of, there's no sense of ownership and responsibility when we, when we act like douchebags, like we we're teaching other people to be douchebags. Yeah. So that goes with the whole, like, you know, be impeccable with your word thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it, you always hear it as a kid, like words hurt. You also hear sticks and stones, break my bones and words never hurt me. I believe that, you know, emotional damage is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, there's shit that right? people said to me in second grade that I still remember, and it still stands. Yeah. You know, Same. it's just it's those things. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, physical pain does heal mostly, but emotional damage is most therapists say it doesn't really ever go away. Right, right. I don't know. Do you ever see see yourself moving into like acting or anything like that? I would love to, one hundred percent. I mean, would you do the traditional, I want to be in a horror film or is there something specific you'd want to do? No, I wouldn't, I would hate to typecast myself in any genre, just anything where I can really immerse myself and put on a different mask. I would love to do it, but Hey, if it happens to be a horror film, sounds great. Um, yeah, I would love to do something kind of, uh, they're like feminine rage or, um, very like something gone girl ish where I can really, really, really immerse myself into it and um, run away from what I experience every day and act in kind of a different way. I found that people who um, either deal with things or, you know, struggle with things like myself, we tend to enjoy acting because we're putting on a different mask. I love performance in every way. And I always viewed myself as a performer whether it be on a stage or walking like through Target, getting my groceries. So yeah, I would love to do acting in like any way. I think it could be really, really cool. What about voice acting? Like doing like video game voiceovers or something? That would also be really, really cool. <laughs> I, would, I think you, I would, I think you yeah. can nail that too. So, you know, what's interesting. My mom told me that and I didn't think that I had a, like a, a good voice acting voice. Because I was actually made fun of a lot for my voice growing up because I have a lisp and there's some stuff that I have trouble pronouncing. But um, I think, hey, I mean, if it, if it works out, especially if it's a character, I like to make my kind of myself and my life look as if I were a video game character, like with the car that I drive, with how I dress. I just want to look like the evil GTA girl or something. And, um, or like the evil guitar hero, hero girl. And, um, yeah, to like bring that into a video game would be really, really cool. 
I, just, I don't know, like you say, you have a lisp, but you you say that you bother. You have a very unique voice, and I think that that's, that's what, what my mom that, said. Oh, that's what my mom told me. But yeah, yeah, but no. Well, I mean that that moms aren't always. Even though sometimes it's like, yeah, that your mom, you're my mom. You have to say that. They, they lots of times have some insight in that shit, and and it is. I just I I don't know. I find that a lot of particularly women in music mm-hmm. when they're speaking. Um, Mixie from Stitched Up Heart. She has one of the greatest speaking voices I've ever heard in my life. I gotta hear her talk. I've never heard her voice. She she should it, she should do interviews like for like the news. When she really? talks to you, I've known Mixie for for fucking ever, and and it's one of those things that she is one of the few people that when she's talking to you, she makes you feel like you're the only person on the planet. That's so cool. And it's just this very direct. I love those calm, people. They they're so hypnotizing. <laughs> Yeah, it's so cool. And she's just very, very, and she's, and she, when she's passionate and she's intense, like it comes through so clearly in just the way she says stuff. And then, and so when, when you've got her engaged, it's, it's this sense of honesty and it's in the tone of her voice. It's not even necessarily the words, it's how she says it. I think that's really cool. Um, I've always thought Aesop Rock should be the voice of every wise character ever on video games because he's just got this just it's like him and Ian McKellen and and you know Morgan Freeman there's just certain people that have those speaking voices that you're just like that's perfect it's right and and again you don't want to necessarily be typecast into a situation but at the same time when your typecast is God is that such a bad thing I would say it's a blessing. (laughs) I mean I wonder what I wonder what my like typecast would be based upon my voice. Maybe maybe my mom would know. I don't know. I, I I've never said this out loud, and I hope no. God, so many of my friends listen to this, and they're going to make so much fun of me. Every once in a while, I will watch stuff on Discovery, and I will turn down the sound, and I will narrate. I love it. And I do it in different voices because I do lots of accents and different voices and things like. Sometimes they just pop out. I don't know where they come from, but they just do, and I'll do that and. I did it because I watched Snoop Dogg do uh, the Animal Planet special. The Animal Planet thing, yeah. And I was like, bro, like that's fucking genius. Like, I want to do that. And I will just sit there and I will end up giggling at myself. Like, dude, I'm such an idiot. But that was funny. That kind of stuff. I started recording it and listening back to myself to kind of see where yeah. I am. And because and, I've done a little bit of voiceover work and I'm, I'm actually trying right now. I'm, I'm actively trying to get in with Audible to do book reading. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. How do one you of do my, that? Uh, one of my friends, Samane, he actually is doing it. And he was like, bro, like your voice is, is good. You should do this. You love to read. And it gives you another way to make some income doing what you're already doing. You've got the studio set up. Why not? That's and so I was cool. like, fuck yeah. So it's been something I've been kind of looking at more and more. But That's it is cool. one of those like, because I'm an insomniac. I stay up late and I watch a lot of Discovery Channel shit. And I'll just sit there and start. I love it. Myself. It's fucking it's dumb, but it's fun. <laughs> hey, I love that for you. Yeah. So you should, you, you might consider doing that. Just something fun. Even just get on Twitch and start talking to people that are playing. I I wish I understood Twitch more. A lot of people have told me that I should get into Twitch. I think you would have a huge following. I'll, I'll tell you that I mean, right like now. A lot of people have told I me. Think and I, I have it. Like I have um, my little, my little PC build, everything ready to go. But um, I procrastinate a lot, and uh, 
I mean, it it would be fun. I think I just I don't really play a lot of video games. Well, there's and see, there's there's a couple people. My my friends love me going on their Twitch channels because I suck at video games. Right. And I'm really bad at almost yeah, all same, games. Like, same. I'm, I'm I'm really good at like the Lego games and shit like that. Like I'm good. I would do like the um the Bratz Rock Angels game if I were to do that, but I don't know how to download it on my computer. Yeah, but I mean, even my friends like they bring over like flight simulators or whatever. But they love having me on Twitch because I am a massive shit talker. Or, oh, I love it. or I will do the whole distract them with cracking as many jokes and one-liners and shit as I can. Yeah. While they're doing stuff and being all serious, I'm yeah. that, that dude who's like way behind and not keeping up, but keeping them cracking up so that I still am like, it's it's fun as shit. And they love having me on because it's more entertaining for them rather than just playing the game and having the three to five people actually speaking to them. <laughs> So I think, I, and I do, I think you would have a massive fun. following. Yeah. I don't know if I have any friends who like do Twitch. I have one off the top of my head. I know he does, but um, that would be really fun. I would like to do that. I It'd be a good way to pass the time throughout my day. Yeah. Like, I don't do a lot day to day. Yeah. I mean, I've got one friend, she's not very good at video games, but she gets every new game center and she just opens them up and tries them out. And a lot of my friends use her as the person that they, they check out a game for the first time. So she makes a pretty good income just sucking at video cool. games. She's not even good at them, but she gets them. So cool. I, I don't know. I, I would, if I, I mean, far be it for me to recommend something for you. Cause it's not like I'm anybody, but I think you would do massively well as a Twitch streamer. Yeah. I mean, hey, I would be more than open to try it if I could figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, of course. Especially, yeah. like, I just, I, I renewed my lease here, so for another year. I may as well, while it's, like, set up. See, you're, you're so brave, because Florida scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I've always loved, well, here's the thing. So, I'm used to it, because we've always had property here. So I've literally been back and forth my entire life, just in a few different areas in Florida. I came back to the first area that I lived in, though. It's where I currently live now and um, like part time now. And um, I'm so happy. It's like a brand new area, too. So it's really, really cool to experience. Cool. I miss the other side of Florida. I used to live on the east, the east coast of Florida, and I really loved it. But now I live on the west coast. Yeah, I had a friend who actually was living in Tampa until I think she moved she moved back up to Indiana in March, but she she loved the Tampa area. I I've had a lot of friends that live in Florida. Yeah. It, it, I am that guy who watches the whole Florida man or Florida woman and just knows this is going to be the most entertaining headline of the day. Because it's oh always something crazy. Oh yeah. And it's real. Oh, it, it, it always is. And it's is. real. Yeah, I mean, I've had some bad experiences yeah. on tour, but oh, Florida yeah. was one of those where we did like five dates in Florida. And every single one of them was just like something absolutely batshit crazy happened every day. And I just, oh, yeah. it was just like, and it was, and everybody acted like it was the most normal shit ever. And I'm like, how do you live? Like oh yeah. This? So I am from the Salem area, Salem, Massachusetts. Okay. And there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in Salem. So the polarity of like, growing up in florida and around salem massachusetts i'm used to just th this is my baseline i guess i could see because i i've been to salem a few times um 
I'm yeah. very into the paranormal. Like very, yeah. like I, I actually was like, I, I did investigating for a while and I've met with mediums and psychics oh, cool. done tons of ghost hunting and things like that. And uh, I'm actually planning a ghost hunting photography tour. We were going to try and do it this year. We just couldn't make it happen. So I'm hoping next year where we're hitting 24 of the most haunted locations in the U S touring from LA to Boston. Oh, all so across wait, the so country. I'm assuming you're you're going to go to Salem, yeah. Yeah, we're going to definitely hit Salem. I think it's stop awesome. number like 19 or something like that. Yeah, I have been there. That's it. There's definitely there's that whole area has a feel to it that is very for one the 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 public persona of the witch trials and what they think it was versus what it actually was. Like yeah. what it actually was is heartbreaking. And yeah, just that, it's really that, sad. That that solemn feeling and that almost like guilty, like I feel guilty for being a male in the United States when I'm there. I got you. I just it's, you know, what's really strange is I always, when I go downtown, I'm actually, I'm going back home for like, for a few things next week. Every time I go downtown, cause I like go to like coffee downtown and that's like about it. And like one of my really close friends is um, she works at one of the golf stores downtown so I'll like go to visit her, go get us some coffee. Every time I step foot downtown, I feel like this just sense of being like choked. I always feel it. Maybe that's because I grew up there and I had some rough experiences. I went to high school for a brief period of time in downtown Salem. That's probably and, pretty um, intense. Yeah. That's that's probably. Oh really yeah, intense. absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I guess when you deal with that much spiritual energy and then you get down to Florida, which has its own completely different level of spiritual energy, and then you've got nature basically beating the living crap out of you from all directions. Like, I love in Australia. Florida? Yeah, in Florida. Florida. Every time I'm in Florida, it's like one day it's it's so hot, it's oppressive, and it's humid, and I feel like I'm melting. Like, you get out of the That's shower. Well, and see, for me, I've only been in Massachusetts in the, in the autumn, so I like the rain and that feel, so it's good for me. Beautiful. It is I love beautiful that. in the fall. But in the winter, in the I mean, it can be 60, it can be 60, 70 degrees one day, and you have a blizzard the next day. That is literally Massachusetts. See, Philly's that way. Here, um, I mean, here the last few weeks, it's been like a level, like, between 70 and 80 degrees, not a ton of rain, not a ton of anything. Um, I'm happy because I can leave my car outside. I don't have to bring it inside. Um, so it's less cars to move. Yeah. But, um, it's been pretty stable here and I know I'm going to go back home. I just know it's going to like blizzard the day I get there. Well, it's like, the, the next Buff day, Buffalo, like a couple weeks back, Buffalo, New York got so many inches in like one day that it was like covering garage doors and shit. I have a friend that no. just moved there, and he was literally like, look, I knew it was going to be bad, but I didn't expect this. Like, he shoveled for three days to get his no. car out. And he has a nice, no, nice car Yeah, he was just like, fuck. So, I love the cold. I love cold, but I don't like snow, because I never liked driving in it. My first car was a Hummer, and I still have the Hummer as my daily driver. But um, I never liked driving in snow. I literally, I will put, like, different stuff on my heels like on um like my high heels when i know i have to walk on ice so that i'll have traction um so i don't slip and fall um see i grew up around aspen where people would go in mini skirts and stilettos to like lunch 
So in, in oh yeah, well, that's what I do. That's yeah, literally I mean, that's, what I do. That's yeah, and then so I just I grew up in the snow. I learned to drive in the snow. I'm very comfortable. I've driven passes that are closed. Like literally been on a pass, been on Vail Pass. It closed behind me, and I was the only car. There's jackknife trucks yeah. everywhere, and I'm just like, eh, just go over, no big deal. I watch people freak out when, when I'm driving. Yeah. Um, we got a we got a really bad hurricane here. Mister Mister Ian came through. Yeah. And um. I, I mean, I wanted to go to McDonald's, like, during. It, everything was closed, lo and behold, of, of course. course but yeah. like, I didn't really have much problem driving in the Hummer. And, um, yeah. yeah. I, have a, I have a friend just, just south of you that she lives near Orlando. Um, and she, yeah. was, she was kind of live tweeting during the hurricane. And it was hilarious because she's outside doing cosplay stuff. Because she's like, this the storm, look, it's badass. It's perfect. I'm going to do these goddesses. And I was like, you're nuts. You may as well. But it worked. Because well. <laughs> like, I am one of those guys, when I see it's foggy outside, I'm like, please, somebody, let's go to creepy photos. Please. Oh, yeah. It's, like, I, it's all I want to do is I want to go take creepy photos of people in the fog or when it's pouring rain. And stuff. I mean, I want to do that because it's, it's, yes, I can build a rain, rain machine. Yes, I have fog machines. But it's not the same. No, never. The reality I love going is so much better. When there's like a storm about to hit because the beach that's closest to me is on an island. Um, I live close to Siesta Key and, um, that's like where I'll go around, like around that area. And, um, yeah, whenever there's like a really big storm coming, I love to go out and just look out on the coast. It's so cool. Yeah. See, and that, I do kind of miss that stuff, but at the same time, like, it's just, like I say, it, it makes sense that if you're going from one level of energy to another level of energy that, but, but same thing. I love Australia. I love, I have so many friends from Australia and so, and that is a, a continent that is trying to murder everybody on the, on it. Yep. Everything is poisonous. Everything will kill you. Everything right. is Dang. hunting you down and the weather is atrocious and there's fires everywhere and shit like that. And yet wow, that's where people want to live. And it's like, it's just a special level of, of commitment to life. <laughs> Absolutely. Which is kind of cool, but it's also very, very strange to me. So yeah. I don't know. No, definitely. So where, where, where did the car fix it? Cause that seems to be something that either you're just now starting to let people see or something you're just now coming into you. Where did the car? Um, part of come I would in say here? it's a little bit of both. So I, my boyfriend got me into it. Well, no, he didn't specifically get me into it. I was a little into them because um, I have my car up north and I, I really like that car. And I started to get a little bit into like German motors and learning about them. Um, now that I'm into cars, I don't like German motors as much. But um, yeah. anyway, him and I, we were best friends before we dated. And um we met like in person and immediately he began talking about cars because he drives, um, an RSX and, um, that's like his interest. Like that's what he does. And we, we met in person and he was just talking and talking and talking. And I was going through a lot at the time, very, very scary, you know, solemn stuff. And I needed to do stuff with my hands. I was designing a lot of clothes, like my own pieces and stuff. And, um, he started to teach me a little bit about cars and I was like, you know what? I really like this. And then over time I was like, I think I hate having a Hummer. <laughs> I feel like I feel shitty driving a Hummer. Meanwhile, like I, there's nothing more I want than to like go drive crazy with this RSX that I see on the highway or whatever. And, um, so, I, so I got my car that I, that I have now. I mean, I have the Hummer, but, um, yeah. I got a Z. So 
Nice. Uh, yeah, that's kind of where the car fixation started, though, because, you know, he he was going through it and he got really into cars, doing stuff with his hands. Yeah. I was going through it. He started to teach me about it. He took me down to where he works and we did a little bit on his car and I started to really like it. Now I'm into it. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's yeah. I'm I'm kind of a closet gearhead. People in high school knew I was into because I like working on again Western Colorado. Everybody had a Jeep and everybody had a truck and every so I had my Toyota and I rigged it for Baja racing and doing all this stuff and going out and helping the hunters. You know, I was making extra money helping them haul carcasses and doing stuff like that. Uh-huh. It was easy. I snowboarded constantly, so we all had to have four wheel drive because we liked backcountry. So okay. I got into that, and then. Um, a bunch of my friends started getting, this is in the late nineties. They started getting Hondas, Accords and things like that and started working on them, started dropping them. And I'm really good at stereos and I'm really good at electronics. And then I started uh-huh. realizing I'm actually really good at engines and yeah. I've been told, and it's, it's a line in fucking fast and the furious, but I've been told that people that have either autism, ADHD, or certain yep. levels where they've got different, where they have to create focus that engines just start making sense to them. And I'm yeah. one of those rare people where both sides of my brain work equally at the same time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't switch, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is also apparently a lot of psychopaths have that. So I've kind of had to watch that my whole life, but, <laughs> but when I'm working on an engine, they, it's like, they talk to me. It's like, I can just tell. Right. And yeah, it's an intuitive second nature thing for you. That's awesome. Yeah, and I so I've had a, a couple of really nice Civics, and, and uh, I've, I've worked on some NSXs. I've worked on a lot of Subarus. I had a a, a, a Type R, a Honda Accord Type R, that actually was oh, on cool. of, like calendars and covers and posters in like car shops, like because I made that's it look. That's cool. Okay. I really liked BMW's look, but after working on the engines, I was like, I don't ever want to fuck with this. But I exactly. made my Accord look like an M series. So it, it, people yeah. was like, what the fuck is this? Like I made my own body parts and things like that. It was fun. That's it. Did that That's for awesome. years. And then and I'm into old school muscle cars too. Um I've had uh-huh. Chevelles and Camaros and things like that that I've worked on that mm-hmm. I've owned, that friends have owned, Novas. And I don't know how if you follow the street racing scene in like Oklahoma and Detroit and all that, but I've been huge into street racing for a lot of years and I know a lot of people in that scene kind of you know it was it was very underground because it's still I mean most of it is still illegal but there's a lot of ways they do it controlled now because it's so televised and so but there's a lot of those guys that I've met and learned over the years so I had the opportunity a few years ago to buy um a Dodge Charger that was a cop car. That's awesome. So I'm 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 driving one of the it used to be a cop car Dodge Chargers and I put the biggest fucking Hemi engine I could find and we're getting ready to put that in it and That's it's nice. gonna look like the Decepticon from the first Transformers movie when I'm done. What color is it? It's it's the black and white. It looks like a cop car. That's awesome. People oh, that's get, really really cool. What? People get the fuck out of my way when I'm driving it because they think I'm a cop and. It, I, you know, I haven't done a lot of the computer stuff to it and I don't have it set up. I mean, it's still very street legal, but it'll, I, I can't say on air because I really don't want people or a, I'm very secretive about it, but I, I can, I can make somebody get crushed into the seat pretty easily with it as it was before. And now I'm putting a bigger engine with about 150 more horsepower in it. Right. So I like that. I love going fast, but I still have. You know, if somebody were to hand me, hey, here's an old Honda, let's soup it up. Hell yeah. Right. I love that shit. It's just fun That's as awesome. hell. Um, 
the 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 Tokyo car scene is something I would kill kill to go to the to, to Tokyo and see all the different styles of cars and the different race scenes and just 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 take my camera and just take a thousand pictures a day of that of environment. I was just talking about how I wanted to go to um, to Nismo Fest. Exactly, it'd be sad. literally. I was talking about it last night because we were watching. Um, like a YouTuber who was there and I think it's going on either currently or just went on. It just went on. And I was just like, dude, we should go next year. Uh, well, yeah, like it's the same as all musicians should experience NAM once. All car people should, n- n- there's there's other places that you should always try and go to. Um, right. Going to the big auctions. If you get a chance to go to one of the big auctions in, in Arizona or in Vegas, yeah. so, because you will, oh, I love going. There's a tattoo convention that I'm a big part of here in Colorado that I take my clothing line and my photography to, but okay. the car show is part of it. And I make a point of, hey, for the next hour, don't bother me. Don't text me. Don't right. call me unless it's a fucking emergency. I'm going to go look at these gorgeous pieces of machinery. And I end up taking pictures and I, it's just odd, really good auto mechanics are as much, they're, they're every part an artist as any person writing a concerto. Right. And, and it just, I, I, it's amazing to me and watching, like, if you ever get a chance to go to like a no prep event or something like that, do it. Mm-hmm. They're fun as hell. Yeah. I've only been to one car show and like a few car meets, but I would really, really like to do more. And once I get my car to where I would like it to be, I would like to bring it. Oh, definitely. It's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. It's so much fun. And car people, the thing about going to a car person is that you don't deal with the whole one. You, you have the other people like, oh, I'll blow your doors off or I'll do this or that's not worth But for the most part, everybody's like, oh, shit, what did you do here? And they just really want to talk to you about what. Oh, you yeah. Did. And then, then and then yeah. they want to show you what they did. And, and it's. Yeah. It's such this amazing back and forth. buddies. Yeah. It, there's there, the rivalries there. But even if it's like like. I see it in the racing world all the time. Guys who are flat out top of their game hate each other when they're side by side are giving each other parts and helping each other out to make sure they can still be side by side. Of course. I I don't see that in a lot of other, particularly sports, but in a lot of other fields. You don't see that level of you're my biggest rival and I'm your biggest supporter. Right. And I don't know why cars are that equal, that equal ground, but I kind of, I just kind of dig that. Yeah. The craftsmanship and just, I don't know. It's really, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like to see it. There's some science to it and math and people are like, oh yeah, you're out there being a gearhead. Like you don't get it. You get a good mechanic and knows what they're doing and can tune stuff and things like that. Man. Right. It's so interesting. (laughs) I know it's really nerdy, but it it is so interesting. Yeah, Logan has been an amazing teacher with it. And um, it's really like he's so knowledgeable with it. Like I, every day I'm in awe of how much he knows, not exclusively about cars, but just in general, he is one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I'll be like, hey, what does this do? And I'll like point to a random button and he'll just like for 20 minutes on what it does. And like the history, who made it, like it's amazing. It's really, really cool. So getting to learn about it from someone like him has been really, really cool. Especially when we take his RSX to like a car meet and people know who he is just based on his car. It's it's really awesome. That, see, and that's the thing. I was like, well, I mean, you said it earlier, like you keep your circle small and you want it to be influential. There is that that law. 
if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You need to mm-hmm. always surround yourself with people who are doing better than you, who are looking to better themselves so that you are. I love chasing people. I love being around people who are better at the craft and know, and I will always tell them, Hey, if you're learning something new, I'll learn by watching you. I don't need to be right. better than you. I want to try and be as good as you are now, because by the time I'm as good as you are now, you're going to be so much better that it's still something to chase. It's still right. putting that out there. It's leaving that carrot out there in front of you, but it's like, it's in a positive way. And, and a lot of people right. mistake that. So yeah, it's, you definitely, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like it's a distraction either. Like it's starting to become part of who you are. You very sneakily like brought it in like, oh, by the way. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? It's something that like, it's, it's the weirdest butterfly effect ever because I never really would have thought to bring it into my brand or just who I am online. But just getting genuinely interested in it because there are things, there are things that like I've become interested in, but then it will fade away. But this is something that like, it's starting to mean a lot to me and I don't really know why. But now I'm like looking at ways that I can make like vinyl stickers as merch that are like my logo or something. I just, you know, it's something that's now clicking in my brain. I'm like, oh wait, this could be really, really cool. And I'm like starting to post my car and I'm like, this is really fun. Like, I really, really like this. I feel like a video game character. Well, and you're doing it. Instead of, like a lot of the girls I know that are into there. Oh, you're such a car girl. Oh yeah. Whatever. And they catch a lot of shit for it. Um, I, I, I have one friend in, in particular who I'm watching her just, she is legitimately one hell of a mechanic. Like, holy shit. Awesome. She knows her shit and she's That's been sick. buying some, I mean, she's been buying some chunkers and turning them into really quality rides. And That's people amazing. are just trashing her because at the same time she was starting to build her cars, she happened to get a boob job. And they're like, oh, the you cares. just want the same as she just want to be this. She goes, no, I wanted bigger tits and I like cars. But right. nobody's taking her seriously. And she's a, an actual contender. And, and I watch a lot of people in, even in professional racing, it's still like you have to be a sex symbol to be good. That's bullshit. Right. That's absolute bull- bullshit. There's a couple. Uh, Kayla Morton is a racer out of uh, Oklahoma. I think she lives in Texas now, but she's out of Oklahoma, and she's one of those racers that a lot of people didn't take her seriously because she was cute. The girl is right. fearless. Fearless. Literally, awesome. pedal to the metal. Car will be on fire. She's still going to drive the wheels off of it. And yet, she still has to fight the whole. Well, you're just a pretty girl. It's horseshit. It's horseshit, and it bothers me on so many levels. So the fact that you've managed to kind of, like I say, it was very quiet. I just know, like, there's, and it's only on, and like I said, you're like different people according to which account I'm logged into. But on my photography one, the one that I do most of my artwork stuff, I started seeing cars, and I was like, interesting. This is different. And because I started posting, like, I started posting the Hummer, and when I was really into Teslas, I was posting with Teslas. And I've posted with my car up north a couple of times as well. But now I'm like, this one. Yeah. And so it's, it's been quiet and it's been a little slow. But it's working for you. I think you're doing fine. Yeah, maybe I'll pop out with like some, some merch that's like the vinyl sticker. If I can figure out how to do it, then yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I, want I got a couple companies I use to do specifically that. They just did the tattoos for me for the making my car look like a transformer. They just did the tattoos for me, so I'll email you the co- the hookup on that yes, one. Please, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, I will definitely because that's what they do. Um, like I said, if it's a part of who you are, 
I don't care what it is. I think that, well, okay, you said Lana Del Rey. There's one. Lana Del Rey's magic to me is not her talent, not her music, not anything. It's that her real life is her real life, and she's completely transparent about it, even if it's embarrassing. Tom Holland, is one of those, Tom Holland is one of those people where he's just kind of like oblivious to that he's famous. Oh, yeah. And, I haven't heard anything about him in a while. Well, he's been he's been working on shit. Like I have the most recent story. He drunkenly took a call from the guys at Disney about doing more Spider-Man movies. He was drunk. He got he oh, been really? up doing like like gigs who drink. He was in he was at home in England. So I can't remember what he called it. I was at the pub, but he was drunk. And he gets the call and he somehow managed to talk them into green lighting two or three more movies. Huh. <laughs> and he's, he's like telling the story kind of mortified. Oh like, and That's then, so and then, funny. Well, and then somebody mentioned something about Zendaya and he's like, all right, they need to set the, stick the record straight. We've been dating this whole time. We've been dating since before y'all knew it. We're still dating. I knew it. Just stop. I okay. Knew it. Stop speculating. Leave our relationship out of it. The whole reason we kept it is because with Euphoria, she has to maintain that level of being single and sexy. And it's easier to not talk about me. So that's what we do. It's part of our job. But that doesn't mean we're not really fucking happy. Go away. And I dig that. <laughs> I that's that's really cool. You know, it's, you know what I'm really curious about right now is Evan Peters. I wonder how he's doing after immersing himself in something so intense as Dahmer. I wondered that about Paul Bettany after playing the Unabomber too. Demon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And so I wonder if, if like playing Dahmer or playing any of those characters. For one, I, I believe that I, I obviously yes, I study a lot of serial killers, but I really got into it because I was neighbors kind of with BTK in Wichita. Mm -hmm. Like the guy lived right around the corner. I had interactions with Denny Raider, and I had no idea. Until he right. was arrested. Like, he was a pillar of the fucking community. And right. it blew my mind. His daughter is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. And yet, he's this monster who killed all these women. And yeah. so, you got to wonder in playing some of these characters how far you take it. Um, Zach Efron playing Bundy. Yep. He had a harder time. It feels like in, in some of the, the interviews, not so much right when 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 you know, living with a monster came out, but, but now after more has come out more of the truth and some of the issues, he said he had a harder time playing such a bastard to this woman who loved him than being the killer. Yeah. The killer part was the, Oh, that's the character, but he, he was still this really shitty boyfriend. And he goes, that really fucked with me. Right. So right. you look at Don. I, I never saw it. And I'm a little nervous too, but that's very, very interesting. I was wondering about him too. You will see a Zach Efron in a different light. You definitely, yeah. as, as an actor, you forget about 10 minutes on, in that it's Zach Efron. Yeah. He does He does very well at it, and, and that's cool. Um, that was the thing with Paul Bettany, who usually plays these lighthearted British characters, and then he plays the Unabomber, and he, he nailed it. He really did. Um, right. He's never really talked about it. He's never really had much experience. To, he just kind of like, nope. We're not going there. Joaquin Phoenix doesn't talk about the Joker. He oh, talk yeah, about I wouldn't remember him. Yeah, you know, but not in a bad way, in like a that's intense kind of way. Yeah, well, and that's one of the the Joker. That isn't a DC movie. That's not a comic book movie. That is a commentary on the state of mental illness in the United States. Yeah, 
Absolutely. I agree with that. And so when you watch that film and you, you really realize like he, I was really kind of against him being in that role mm-hmm. until I was about eight minutes into the movie and he's laughing on the bus. And I'm like, fuck, he's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> he's absolutely. Just, just fucking nailed it. I mean, some people are like, yeah, they are this person. But with that, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then the way that that movie was written, directed, filmed, there's so much that went into that in such a, I'm a big fan of the new Batman movie. Cause I think Robert Pattinson plays the best Bruce Wayne ever put to film. Is he the best Batman? Not necessarily, but he's the best Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And to me, that's more, he's more Bruce than Batman. He struggles more. Bruce is the character. He's really Batman. Bruce is the character he has to play. And I really love the way the Pattinson portrayed that. I thought that was very cool. Right. So, and I hate most of the DC movies lately. So that's saying something. Um, I was yeah. a Tim Burton fan. I'm still a, I'm still Michael Keaton as Batman to me. So I got you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But I think that that when you do immerse yourself in a character, but I think that there are people that in music, uh, you know, if you watch how Bohemian Rhapsody and that album was recorded with Queen, the mental disparity and anguish that band went through, creating an album that then their al- their label literally turned around and said we're going to put out I'm in love with my car. Cause that's the one that the kids will like. And they went, fuck you and walked. Can you imagine that in that time? Intense. Yeah. Just taking that sense of responsibility of no, we created art. We're going to put out our art the way we want it to be. I think that any artist will go through that in creating anything like that. Yeah. That's the ultimate test of, your soul and what is it that you truly desire? I get into, like, I love film. I love filmmaking. I miss it. I would love to, to get out. I'm, I'm doing three music videos in the next six to eight months. And I couldn't, I'm super excited to be doing that again, but it's, it's one of those things where I, you can, well, you've done it, you know, you filmed a, a, a video and when I'm bringing my vision to somebody else and then letting them interpret from there, mm-hmm. More than just the music, because because the video doesn't always match what somebody's internal is. You know, you don't have this. You have this idea of what you think the the song's about, and then you see the video. It's like, right. oh, that what it's about, or is it? And I love right. that. That's what I love about yeah. little tricks you can do, and the things where you can just make it. It's like a magic trick. Of course, something interesting about filming music videos is they never ever come out the way that I picture it in my mind. But sometimes that's not a bad thing because everyone has their own interpretation of something. What you view when watching a music video may be very, very different from what I view, but the videos on paper that I have made are never what I picture in my mind. That's not a bad or, or, or a good thing. It's just kind of, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real. So. And music is right. so even pop music, I don't, people say pop music doesn't have a soul, but you can't tell me Prince wasn't just spilling his guts out every performance. I think pop music has an incredible amount of soul. It makes me sad when people say that. I've heard it quite a few times. And I, when I was like much, much, much younger, I was the kind of person to um, dunk on pop music because it was pop music. But I don't know. Absolutely. I see it with a lot of different pop artists now. I think that there's so much soul and so much 
I don't know. Music, music is interesting. It's not a tangible technology, but it's one of the most important things that we need as people along with art. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of soul in it. Absolutely. I, it makes me sad when I see like metal, like elitists who are just like pop music sucks or rap music sucks because it's blah, blah, blah. Cause it's popular. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but, I think a lot of that has to do with more like the, the, like, I mean, I'll trash on some metal artists because I, it's not because I dislike the artist, but because I don't like their fan base. Valid. Like, I can love a band, but hate the people that love their music. Of for, course, that's know, valid. I mean, how many, how many, there's some really good metal bands out there. There's some amazing punk bands out there that never meant to appeal to skinheads, but they do. Sure. Yeah, they're the. Well, this has been a, a long one, but it's been fucking great. Um, awesome, absolutely. I am going to, with your permission, of course, put a couple of your tracks on. You know, I do always put music at the beginning and the end. So, oh, cool. and I have them. So, if you're cool with that, I'll put those on. Um, yeah. Though I always ask everybody, what are two songs you just cannot stop listening to right now? Other people's. Uh huh. Let me think about it for two seconds. Oh, take there's a few different. This is a tough a one. This, this is one of those questions when I hit people with, they're like, "Oh, you fuck you, man!" Like, <laughs> I know, right? Um, I'm gonna say "Pantomime" by Orgy. Okay. And maybe "Dance of the Devil" by Breaking Benjamin. That's a that's a lesser known one. That's a good one. Very good song. Very good band. I, I, I like I'm an them. oddly, uh, most of my friends don't really like Breaking Benjamin, but they're like, it's just not heavy enough, or it's just not, the, but uh, God, those it's guys, literally, I, they're one of those bands that I feel like if you threw them on stage with Pantera or any of those 90s metal bands, they would just throw down. Yeah. They would be, they would be that heavy, that hard, yeah. that, and do it like it was the most natural shit ever. That's, that's the kind of music, like, they, they really bear the soul in yeah. it, you know? Oh, another person who I've been listening to, I've been really into Ghost Man. You know why? Because a lot of people have compared me to Ghost Man, and it made me want to go listen to him more, because I listened to him, but not very much. And I was like, oh, I like those. So I've been listening I, to a lot of I can see that comparison. I wouldn't have made that connection, I don't think, but I could see the comparison. Uh-huh. I hope, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's a good thing. I mean, yeah. No, it, it is. Um, That's one of those... Ghostman is one of those interesting, like, well, and I, I feel this way about you know, a, a lot of, I'm an old school hip hop guy. And so it's hard for me to get into some of the newer hip hop and some of the, 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 just the blending of genres and stuff. But like Post Malone blows my fucking mind. I love Post Malone. He's like, especially live. Like, oh my God. Have you God. heard him do like, like rock style vocals and like metal style vocals? Oh He's yeah. Amazing. His life, his live performance is is so much more than a hip hop show. And when he did, when he, when he and Travis Barker and all them did the Nirvana covers during COVID and they were in different cities playing to get, Holy mother of God. Was that amazing? Uh-huh. I mean, he, it. He, he, they just, it was having that much talent and being that comfortable being that weird and having this, you know, double may care attitude. I just really respect it. And right. so there are some artists and Ghostman's one of them where at first I was like, I don't really completely understand. 
And then I had a bunch of people go, well, how do you not understand when you go from like singing about love, but your first line is, I can't believe how much I fucking hate you. How can you not get what he's talking about? So I started right. reading the lyrics and I was like, oh, yeah, this dude's actually speaking truth. Yeah, there's I really like that. There's a lot of lot of heart in that, and I, I dig that. So. Okay. Cool. Well, I really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, oh, my God, thank you. This has been, this has been, been amazing. Awesome. Um, I will get this edited and cut tomorrow. This will be out on Sunday, so it will be right around the corner. Um, That's awesome. Cool with it, I will be tagging you um, yes. on social media. Share with it as you will. It's not like I'm asking. I'm not yes. to like, oh, I expect you to. No. And if you want a copy, I'll get you a raw copy for yourself to do with as you please. You can cut it up and do whatever. Oh. I believe in co-ownership. Um, awesome. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Florida is crazy. And Florida <laughs> oh women. my God. <laughs> right, literally. And the Burmese pythons, because what the hell? Um, I'm not mm -hmm. scared of snakes, but there's a lot of pythons in it's weird to me. Yeah. I got oh, you I right here. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. I saw, I was watching a documentary about all the, the, the alien snakes that are in Florida now. And they're like, yeah, they're kind of killing everything. And I was like, this is kind of terrifying. Um, yep. But yeah. So you keep safe. I do appreciate your time. Um, you know, and to everybody listening, make sure you're checking. I mean, is everything's under baby chaos, correct? Yeah. So I, mean, I know and the easiest way is to go to your web website. And and yeah. you have the right everything is Yeah. All my social medias are at it's baby chaos. And yeah, my music is under baby chaos being one word. Um, under everything that yeah. you can probably find music on. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing most of the people that are that are gonna watch and listen to this episode know who you are, but the people who don't, make sure you go check that out because this is mm -hmm. one of those things like uh, I take music very seriously. All of us who do these interviews, we take music very seriously. So, and the fact but that I do, I, I definitely enjoy it and I will be getting thanks to you and all of my best wishes. You know, we've only got a couple weeks left in the year. I look forward to iconography coming out and Thank anything you. else. And I will be emailing you, you know, some stuff about car shit here shortly too. Yay. Oh my God. Cool. Thank you so right. much. It's been really, really cool. All right. Have a good one. Everybody stay safe. Check in on each other. Thank you.